tune in to UFO Undercover, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Looking for something new in dark fantasy, humor, space exploration, time travel, alternative history? They're in the L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future Anthology. Get the 10-volume box set with 159 stories in full-color illustrations plus 34 articles with writings and art tips. Get the UPR and discount, $125 for the entire box set. That's a $60 savings for that beautiful box set. L. Ron Hubbard presents Writers of the Future. Go to uprntalkradio.com, click on the link, and place your order. You're listening to UFO Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Looking for stories that are fresh and new? Dark fantasy, humor, space exploration, time travel, cyberpunk, alternate history, and more. They're in the L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future Anthology from 24 award-winning authors and illustrators, plus art and writing tips and bonus stories. L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future. Buy your copy at galaxypress.com, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Well, you drove out there into the middle of nowhere and had some sort of loud verbal display challenging E.T. in general out oh, in the yeah, middle of nowhere. that's what I was doing. I actually had a uh, pistol in my hand at the time. Um, I was really ticked off. When I was having this fit, I, had, I was waving the gun in the air, okay, and I had this fit. And at this moment, I said, okay. was a Louisiana man named Montaldo. Folks around called him Six Gun Joe. Worked with Icar, don't you know? Investigating UFOs. Out for a drive with a gal one night. They stopped to check out the reporting site. When an alien lit right there on the ground, commenced to throw in his weight around. Now, old Six Gun didn't take you kindly for that kind of thing. Especially without Vaseline or anything, but, you know, seriously. Well, Six Gun looked that critter right in the eye and said, any last wish before you die, yells, reached for his gun, quick as a twitch, and said, fill your claw, you son of a bitch. Now, a legend spread across the land about this pistol-waving man. But if you're from space or from Earth below, you don't give no lip to Six-Gun Joe. (laughs) ¶¶ 
Good evening, everyone, and welcome to UFO on the Cover. I hope everyone's having a great morning, great evening, great afternoon, wherever you are in your big blue planet. You know, I started using that like 25 years ago. You, you can hear it now. Nobody used it then, but you can hear it all over now. It's so funny how many shows, not, not just on our network, but on a lot of networks, it's just become a thing. Well, because it's true. I mean, we're not, we're not we don't broadcast just to around the corner. Right tonight, I'm in Mississippi. Uh, I'm in uh, on the coast. So, I mean, and where I'm at right now is kind of rural. So it would be, you know, a small audience if I, if I was only broadcasting local. Uh, but we're broadcasting in New Orleans. We're broadcasting in 400 American cities. This show right here, as far as I know, goes out to every country in the world. So as far as I know, there's no shows that doesn't go out, no countries that doesn't go out to. But we sit down and do the, um, from time to time, we sit down and go through what countries, which shows go to. Most of the shows go between 120 and 160 countries. There are a few shows that reach 180, but this one, we have listeners in North Korea on for this show. Yes. Not just this one. We have listeners for news on the flip side, North Korea, too. Well, if you want to know the truth, it's 15 listeners. I don't want to get anybody in trouble, man. <laughs> Somebody else might be listening. I don't want to get anybody. You know, it started out with like one. Mm -hmm. mm. It's true, Frankie Bears. It started out with, I know you heard me talking about this. It started out with like one. And as of the 15, um, you may even be up to 17, but still. You know, now we I mean places like Venezuela. We have a pretty decent sized audience in Venezuela, Argentina, China, Russia. It's funny, um, our, our audience. Russia had been number one for a while on our list. They had they're dropped down to like fourth now, but still they're still holding a big place. Well, because we offer a lot more than just regular news. So if if you're a Russian and you want to hear our version of what we think is going on in the world. You can come here and listen, but we do a lot of other stuff besides just the news and, and we do politics. We do, how do you put your life back together? Uh, we do the alien and sticking. <laughs> no idiot. Anyway, we do aliens. We, we do, we do demons. We do all sorts of stuff. So it's a, it's a little bit different. We have a lot of stuff to offer and you can get out there and listen to us on, on a lot of different ways these days. Um, really, I, I don't know of any, hmm. as far as I know, we're on every podcast. I, even the big, all the big ones and lots and lots and lots of small ones. I know the last count was over 200 podcast sites and 200 servers worldwide. Like I said, that's between the podcast, the worldwide service and American service, it's 800 locations. And remember, that's not feeding one person when you get there. It's feeding a bunch of different people. <laughs> so it's... I it's it's weird for me because I started this. I was hosting radio for Wake Up USA. Um, I think it was 99, 98, 99. And um, I was doing it out of my house in my in a dining room, a small little dining room we had next to our kitchen. I was doing it out of there. Two years later, we uh, we got a place. We got a nice townhouse, a three bedroom, two a two story townhouse, and uh, we started the station out of there. And it's been progressively going ever since. Oh, yeah, it's inside. It's, it's, it's freaking insane now. But, you know, a couple people had written in to me this week and said, Joe, you know, I don't hear the government talking about alien abductions. Well, because the government really doesn't want to talk about alien abductions because the government feels like the ufologists used to feel back in the day until I showed up. So back in the day, 30 years ago, saying abductions was a dirty word. Even 20 years ago, saying abductions was a dirty word. Um, I had been lecturing and I was actually in DC lecturing at the X conference. 
And they wouldn't let, let me lecture on alien abduction. I could do military abductions, mind you, but not alien abductions. They didn't want me talking about alien abductions. They wanted me talking about military abductions, which is fine. I mean, military, which we'll talk about later in the show, but still, uh, it's one of those things that you have to step back and go, what the bleep? Oh, well, okay, it's fine that the military is going to come abduct the citizens, but we don't want to think about the aliens because it, the military is abducting the citizens because they were taken by aliens. But we don't want to talk about that part. We just want to talk about the part where it's getting stupid is what it is. So when you look into this, so when I got into this field a long time ago, it was naughty, naughty to talk about alien abductions, especially in big audience areas. Uh, as we grew, we got a bigger and bigger audience. And people used to get upset. Some of the more famous ufologists out there got upset when I bring up alien abductions while they were on the radio show. Matter of fact, and I've said this a few times, Piola Harris stopped talking to me for a whole year. Um, I, I ran into her at the 60th anniversary at Roswell and we made up. But she got really pissed off at me. Because she was on Wake Up USA and I brought up alien abductions and, you know, how, how does this fit into everything? And, and she didn't like it because, you know, it, it wasn't, it just wasn't clean. It wasn't, there was no evidence, which there was more evidence for alien abduction than there are for sighting. But, but we're not, neither here nor now, at this point, the government should be wanting to know, okay, okay. So here you have this crash idiot. And by the way, this guy is a complete fraud. Uh, Dr. Greer is a guy is a complete fraud, which means Dr. Well, I've already said Greer is pretty much a fraud anyway. So the point being is this guy's a fraud. First off, he comes in with this, oh, well, uh, yeah, 72 UFOs have fallen out of the portal and crashed. Really? Now, let's not forget aliens have been coming here for a long, 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 long time. So if 72 have come out since the time he's been in Secret Service, which is 20 years or so, Freaking in the last 10,000 years, we must have UFOs stacked up all over the freaking place. Yeah, I mean, sometimes the stupidity of what comes out of people's mouths is beyond me. And then, wait, we've developed weapons to shoot them. Well, why don't they shoot back? Hmm, whoa, I saw people. Why do you not shoot back? So that's the real question here. If, if, if we're shooting at them, why aren't they not shooting back at us? Now, I know from the Greys, just the Greys alone have way more than enough power to take us out and then when they talk about ships falling out they don't actually tell you what kind of is it reptilians is it grays is it humans gray is supposed to be the smartest out of the bunch and they're the ones crashing I, I, I just it just sounds hokey to me it sounds planned and ignorant so Stephen greer's got an agenda he wants to prove that these are dimensional they come from other dimensions okay doesn't matter if they come from other dimensions or other parts of space which the abductees don't think they come from other dimensions. They think they come from space around us. You know, I'm not saying we don't have dimensional contact, but it, the other problem is, is you don't necessarily need a spaceship if you hop in dimensions. You'll ever see the TV series Sliders? I know it's old, but really, you don't really need a space. <laughs> I'm just saying, the, the more we get into this, the worse this theory holds up. Well, Okay. So let's say John's here. He's going to put this thing through this hole. He's trying to find something or make something or maybe make profit or something. So he's stuffing shit through this hole and it's not coming back. And the ones that do come back say, oh, you know, you've crashed like 80 of them. Really? So we haven't fixed this problem in all this time? So these aliens are stupid is what you're telling me. They're smart enough to take citizens from their homes and not get caught smart enough to shut down nuclear bases but yet they're too stupid to come through the hole. And anyway, 
Anyway, um, I don't want to get, I don't want to digress and get carried away, but what's like the Roswell aliens? Do you really think if the Greys wanted to leave, it didn't want the alien to be there, they would have left it there. They would have just came and took it. I mean, we've known they've taken things from convoys. We know they've taken things from prison. We know they've taken things off of ships, off of planes, and people out of buildings. I mean, nothing seems to be able to stop and deter them when it comes time to get whatever their target is. I mean, really. But yet, this crash guy tells us, well, you know, man, they're kind of stupid, you know. They come out the hole and the ship just falls over and just crashes. <laughs> come on, people. Give me a freaking break here. And what gets me is how many of you dumbasses fall for this shit. I'm talking to a friend of mine and he's like, oh, yeah, Joe. I was like, really, dude? Are you a crack? Did you listen to anything this guy said? I said, I said, stop for a minute. I said, you heard everything this retardo guy said, right? He said, yeah. I said, do you remember the four pilots that were there? You remember what they said? Holy crap, we couldn't even get close to them. Yes. So not only did the pilots tell you, these four trained veteran pilots telling you we couldn't shoot them down because they can outrun anything we have. In other words, you could shoot a, a bullet, say, at Mach 7, which would be like a really fast bullet, but still. Uh, um, sorry about that. It's um, so you could you could shoot you could shoot this, but it would never catch it with the craft. The craft could be at a dead stop. I said so to help y'all with this, just to help y'all. There's a video I think it's STS forty eight. Uh, if I can find it, I'll get it. We played this a couple weeks ago. So something on planet Earth is taking a shot at something in space. So there's this thing NASA tried to say was ice floating around the space shuttle's jets. Okay, at first it's kind of hokey. It's just it's just floating along. And then it kind of slows down and, and adjusts its course a little bit. And then it, it, it just kind of goes and stops. And then you see this beam of light. Now, remember, light travels at what? Light speed. Okay. 186,000 miles per second. Per second, people. Per second. This thing shoots up from the ground. And this thing doesn't even really. It just kind of, and then it just takes off in the other direction. And then after it takes off the other direction, it makes yet another course correction. But NASA tried to swear it was ice. And, and even the day when you ask him, NASA's kind of like, well, you know, John Boy, um, uh, it kind of looked icy to me. Hey, Christy, how you doing, babe? I just don't, I mean, come on. I'm, I, I don't want to be mean. I mean, I'm not here. <laughs> but sometimes the stupidity of things just goes. But again, that shows you. So here's Koresh telling you, telling the government, okay, this guy's in front of Congress going, well, you know, um, we have weapons that can shoot these craft down. Really? So we seen this light weapon. It sure the hell couldn't shoot it down. So what, 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 what do we got now? Oh, we got radar. Really? Okay. When people tell me radar, I just get stupefied. Okay. Case, you don't know. I've got degrees in advanced avionics, advanced electronics. One of the things I did for the Navy was work on advanced radar systems. Ooh, yes. Okay. So there's no radar that we can create on Earth that's not found in space and not found in an abundance in space, meaning that if we try to develop a weapon like some of the radar in space, their ships are already designed to take that. They pass through these areas when they're cruising. Yes, they don't affect their craft. The craft are already designed, whether, whether it's shielding or something else, they're already designed to resist this kind of stuff. So really, truly, when we're talking about making something, oh, a lightning bolt. <laughs> really? A lightning bolt's cool, and I think it could bring that. But you know what? Don't tell anybody. But I've seen lightning bolts hit jetliners, you know, jetliners, you know, unprotected jetliners and not bring them down. But yeah, they brought down this really, really advanced alien aircraft. Give me a fucking break. I mean, come on. You know, somebody told me the other day they, they want me to go back to being the old show. 
from the old days, which, you know, I think about it every once in a while. Mm. Excuse me, guys. That coffee was good. It's full just by the way. Um, and I think about it from time to time. I, I was kind of mean <laughs> to say the least, but the point is I shouldn't have to be that way. When we look at these witnesses that have been going in front of Congress with the exception of these pilots, these, these are, these are setups. Oh, somebody, I don't know if Greer's getting paid or not. I have heard many, many people say Greer's being his time and all is being funded by the government. I don't know. But he's pushing. This has always been his theory for about two decades now that they're coming from dimension. So now he's got a, a big stage and he's trying to prove that's what it is. But yet we see craft leaving and entering the atmosphere, which means plus we see portals, which means they're not necessarily jumping dimensions. They're jumping probably like stargates, something along those lines. And when you listen to the contactees talk, the, oh, even though the greys do have the ability to take you out of time and space and you know pull you into a sub-dimension, uh, and they do have the ability to cross dimension, they they not from other dimensions. Uh, at least the three races that are abducting people are from the same reality we live in. <sighs> well, that doesn't mean, you know, I'm not going to tell you, I'll sit here and tell you that there doesn't, can't be a race from another dimension coming here. But since the greys act like they're the policemen, I think they would get pissed about it. And let's not forget that the tall whites have parked out of there at Area 51, I mean, Area 53, and they're a bunch of cranky old bastards. They don't want anybody messing around their stuff. And the greys know they're there, so the greys allow them to be there. They use Earth as some kind of galactic jumping spot. From what they're talking about, it's like if we jump into Alpha Centauri, which is the next galaxy over. Uh, 100 billion light years, 1 billion light years. I have to go look it up to be sure. It's a long ways away, people. Yes, and one day we'll eat our galaxy. Yes, that it's it's that far away, and somewhere in the next billion years it will eat the Milky Way. But don't be alarmed; the Milky Way is eating four of the galaxies right now itself. Yes, it's like when I tell people, you know, I was doing a lecture just recently. It's an online lecture too, about five thousand people, and um, I'm, I was talking about alien abductions and you know things in the past and how things may have come to be. And I said, you know, it's funny, we all have a reptilian section in our brain, and the reptilians are the one, you know, the, the Dogon talking about the reptilians taking the Sumerians' women and stealing them, and, ha and they have pregnancies. Well, the Sumerians also talk about it, that these children were, had been stolen by reptiles and been brought back, and the children were different, meaning that they were... I, originally, I thought they meant they looked different, but that's not what they meant. They meant they acted different. They had become self-aware. Well, the Sumerian slave race wasn't self-aware like we are. They were aware. I mean, they could plow fields, procreate, have fun, but they weren't aware of like the universe or what's going on or, or why they should be doing this or why they should not be doing this. And they never really asked anything. You know, They never really said why about anything. The race that came after them, which is us, we have that little chunk of reptilian in us. doesn't necessarily make us aggressive, but it does make us explorers. It makes us who we are in a lot of ways. So without it, we'd just be some dull-ass race. Probably hadn't even got out of caves yet. Uh, but you have us. But anyway, so I'm talking about this, and people in the audience said, "No, you're wrong. We don't have a reptilian section in our brain. No, we're mammals." I'm like, "Yeah, we're mammals. That's true. We are mammals." And they're like, "We can't." I said, "Well, I tell you what." I, I looked up. I said, well, "You know what? I, I need. I need to get a coke." I said, "Actually, I said I need to get a cup of coffee." I said, "I get you five minutes to look on your phones, and when I come back, we'll discuss this." I love doing this, by the way. It's so much fun. So you know. I go get a cup of coffee, come back and stand in there. 
I said, okay, everybody's got their, their things out in their phone. I said, so who has found out that we don't have a reptilian section in our brain? So just put your hand up because I want to know who you are <laughs> right off the bat. One guy's hand goes up. It, it doesn't say, I said, okay, so the rest of you people out here that are listening on the, on the, online tonight with this, I said, have y'all actually found where it says that? And you start seeing hands going up and yes, 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 yes. I said, so dude, you're looking in the wrong place or, or maybe you're looking at some kind of religious stuff. I said, so send it to me and I'll read it and we'll see it. And I'll read it to him and it clearly says in the Parafax that it's, <laughs> we have a doing section of the brain. So I sent it back to him, highlighted and said, here, what well, we do. But it is amazing to me, out of that 5,000 people, I would say 3,100, maybe even 3,500 didn't know. Um, why is that? Do we not want to know we have a reptilian section, that we're part reptile, that we have lizard tongues? Hey, you know, some people might like those lizard tongues. Well, the, the point here is, is we're doing all this. We're chasing UFOs. We're chasing lights in the sky. And I get in trouble for this all the time. And Stephen Bissett's a friend of mine. And uh, he's, you know, chase lights in the sky, but you'll never get to the truth chasing lights in the sky. It's, it's never going to help you. It's, it's just not. You, the, only, the only places you can really find truth is the contactees, the legitimate contactees, the aliens themselves, and the very few people in the government that know anything. Because most people in the government don't know jack squat. They, they, people want you to think they do, but they really don't. Uh, Jay, Jay Nichols may be joining us tonight. He's having <laughs> he's having computer issues. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I think by the time it gets fixed, we'll be off air. But <laughs> let me text him right quick. I'm here. Yes, I'm here. Anyway, y'all know Jay uh, Jay McNichols. He hosts with Jeffrey on Fridays now on Church of Mavis, and he hosts with host hosts. Sorry, guys. He hosts with me on Friday night on News and the Flip Side. We have a lot of fun and. Uh, uh, yeah, a guy Jack comes and hosts with too. You know Jack, um, Jack Kelly. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's a nice guy. He's got two shows in the network now on um, Tuesdays and Sundays. So you can go check him out when he's when he's ranting and raving. Uh, I don't know, but I, but I have been I have been really thinking hard about coming back and starting to really challenge some of the bullshit in ufology. So when I was in when I was full flown in this all time lecturing on tour and the whole nine yards. I pretty much put an end to move on because they had become just the, the Calcutta. Of, I mean, anyway, they were just a black hole of anything. You sent anything, you never got any response back. Nothing ever came. That's why I eventually left them. It's eventually why Walt Anders left them. And uh, the problem here is, is, you know, people like John Solution, I mean, he was black ops. Um, you know, all, 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 I, I don't know the last guy, but everybody after John Solution had some tie in black ops. Uh, one was a code breaker for the government. Uh, one worked for uh, different companies working with black op organizations. But regardless, they all had their ties. Uh, James Cameron was one of my favorites. Uh, actually, he he had he was just he was the um, I think he was the one who did the codes and stuff. But um, well, no, when Bigelow came in and gave him all that money, he gave it back. Oh yeah, he said no, I, I, I'm good with this because he knew it was going to happen. People just started abusing it. They started taking flying first class wherever they went. Come on. You're a, you're a UFO investigator. You should not be flying first class anywhere. Uh, you need to remember your roots going out and buying high dollar equipment when the equipment you had was fine. I mean, you know, I told everybody, I was online talking about this and I actually said that to him. I, I said, you know, I know where this is headed. And sure enough, that's where it ended up heading. Bigelow pulled the funding and was very upset with them. They had a sweet deal. Because Bigelow, Bigelow, like everybody else, 
uh, Bezos and all are looking for anything alien, just like the government is. If you can truly find something alien that can be reverse engineered, first off, you'll be a billionaire yourself. It may change the world. And we're not talking about stupid-ass flying cars that aren't real flying cars yet. I want my George Jetson car, okay? I'm just telling you. That's what I want. I want my George Jetson car. I can go into space. I can fly all over. It's indestructible. I've seen that what that car can go through. I think it's indestructible. <laughs> just say. But anyway, so we have all these people out here right now that are taking advantage of the government wanting to get some information. And remember, parts of like the Pentagon and them have places where they've got information stored and different. But so I learned very early on, and this is thanks to John Greenwald Jr. Actually, um, when I, when I was in this field, I was, you know, he, he does a lot of FOIA stuff. He's not the only one, but he does a lot of FOIA stuff, but reading a lot of his stuff and the way it was redacted made me realize that only certain people get. So if you're in an office of 50, maybe three of y'all will know anything about this and each one will have a different piece. So it's not like they have large amounts, and, and even the big guys don't have the whole picture or even a quarter of the picture because it makes you dangerous. Uh, so at that point, so I don't know if anybody in a real government really has complete pictures. They, they want to think they do, but obviously they don't. Judging by their actions and the way they do things and the way they, they look at extraterrestrials, uh, they don't. Well, Kim, you're right. Uh, today's, a lot of extraterrestrials could be drones, but that don't explain the stuff in the 90s or in the 80s, or in the 70s, 60s, 50s. But that's one of my favorite things when I give a lecture. People ask me all the time, where should I start? Where should I start in my research? Really? You know where you should start in your research? In the past. As far back in the past as you can go. So you can find UFOs at least 6,000 years back. If you want to stretch it and, and date some stuff that you know is older than 6,000 years, like some of the Egyptian stuff, you can find, technically you can find UFOs back about 12,500 years. Could mm, supposedly the end of the last ice, the end of the last ice age, and the start of civilization on its second wave. Yeah, remember humans lived before the ice age. Mm, I know it's confusing sometimes, and it seems like because there are sunken cities we found off the coast of India, which date back fifteen thousand years, uh, that we were more advanced and more civilized than we realized. Well, because we got stuck in the six thousand year thing. The Christians, well, not just the Christians, but a lot of religions say the world was created 6,000 years ago. Well, we know that's not true. We know it's much older than that. Now we're realizing that civilization is actually much older than that. Well, religion hinders us in a lot of ways. In ways it helps. I mean, it helps to bring morality to societies, but because they want to lie about a lot of things, um, because they need to, they keep their story complete, uh, it, it also harms us. I mean, society is much older than 6,000 years, and we need to re realize that. Because knowing that makes a difference. Knowing that the Sphinx is not 5,000 years old and it's more like 15,000 years old makes a difference. That means it was a very advanced civilization living in the, 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 the Nile Delta 15,000 years ago. And for how long were they there? See, they weren't affected by the, uh, the Ice Age. That was like the, the golden age for them. But what were they? Who were they? It's like the Toltecs. Nobody knows who the hell they are. We just knew they were really advanced, but we don't know why or how come. We don't know who they are. How we don't even know what their writing is. So we see these advancements on our on our world, and then we have to stop and wonder. Okay, who were they? It's like the the burning of the Library of Alexander. Just think about what was in there that no one's ever going to see. 
cures for things. I mean, that's what that's where the guy who stored the stuff who the, the guy who really discovered electricity, that's where it was in the Alexander Library. And remember, in the Egyptian temples, in the in and um, the Egyptian temples in some of the pyramids, they had these tube-like things that were about yay long, and uh, they were narrow on one end. They looked like just a long light bulb with something on the end, and they always had these eels inside of them, like shocking, making electricity. That's just the person who didn't understand what it was, the way he seen it. But they were some type of electric bulb. We're talking 5,000 years ago. What the hell? That's what I'm saying. We, we've lost technologies that will be another 10,000 years trying to find out what the hell they were. That's what war does for you. That's what war and religion does for you. Um, I had read this a while ago. This is about 10 years ago. I had read a study on this. So if you take out religion, we would be about 1,500 years more advanced than we are today. If you take out war and leave your religion, we'd, we'd be about 2,000 years more advanced. If you take out both of them, we would be almost 4,000 years more advanced than we are today. 4,000 years. I, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine 200 years, much less 4,000 a peaceful society that is working on getting rid of all its problems. I don't know if there'd be any left. Well, I'm sure we'd find our things, but when the world got peaceful, when the world started calming down, we started finding more and more cures for cancer, more and more ways to treat cancer. Now it, it's getting back again. So you might see, but I did read the other day about a, a, a cure. A, a, it's a way that they turn off. They just turn it off. They turn the switch off in the cancer. Yeah, it just turns itself off and it dies. It's just, it's great. I mean, it's no chemo, it's no evasive. Is it alien technology? No, it's probably our technology. I mean, nobody would tell us anyway. But getting back to what we were talking about, so why isn't the government even interested in alien abductions? Why do they still feel, here we are at year 2023, discussing aliens on an open topic, not just in our country, but around the world, but we don't want to talk about alien abductees. I can understand in some cores because some alien abductees are crazy uh, when they talk. Whether it's true or not doesn't matter. It's the way it sounds. And I've tried to get this across to people who work in the abduction field. If you're presenting people who know all this information, have all of this stuff, but it just sounds unbelievable or just crazy because there's too many other things linking to it, no one's going to believe it. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. No one's going to believe it. You can't present it that way. And you're going to have to present it in a, in a matter of fact way. Uh, when I, that's one of the things that you know people give me trouble about when I do lectures because I present everything in a matter of fact way. They say, "Well, you don't know." I said, "No, I know what I'm talking about." Uh, but still, you know, I know I know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, but you don't because I'm not going to get up and, and argue with people about topics I, I I can't. Number one, I can't win, and number two, I don't know anything about it. I like to debate, but I mean, you come to a point where come on. Well, I'm going to debate about the color of air. Really? Well, it looks kind of clear here. I'm not sure where it is where you live, but maybe somebody threw a yellow smoke ball out there and it's yellow. I have no idea, but it's, some things are just stupid. And in this case, a lot of the information crossing through the Congress is stupid. And it's, and it's just to the point where, you know, when we look at this stuff, it looks like disinformation. It's, it really, truly looks like disinformation. Deliberately defrauding the Congress, which last I heard is a, is a crime. Well, but it also 
gives the Congress an out in 10 years or five years. Let's say something goes crazy or they find something else out or they can prove something else. Then the Congress can say, oh, boy, you know, these people were kind of, uh, 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 and, and it gives them an out. You know, the alien induction stuff, they can't because once they get into it, they're going to find that stuff that's going to flip them out. Doesn't matter. I, I can tell you now, if, if the, the ones that run the skiff room, if you were to sit in there with that group of senators, House representatives, and people from the Pentagon and talk about a real contactee that really knows, you know, what, what's, what, what it is and how to say it and how to prove it, it's going to flip them out totally. They're just going to flip out. And some of them might be triggered because some of them may be abductees or contactees. See, and that's the other risk when you start talking about this in a general public way. Remember, 98% of everybody who's been taken doesn't remember. You know, they don't even sense it. It's not like abductees who have started sensing it or contactees who know it. These, these people don't know it. They just, you know, as far as they're concerned, it was a dream. It could have been a good or bad dream or whatever dream. But it's not, it's not something they register in life. So, you know, enough that's coming out could trigger some of these people. And then you'd have people really, because abductees flip out, but at least abductees have a push, meaning somewhere along the line, they showed the aliens enough reason for them to allow them to start remembering stuff. Because remember, the aliens don't have to let you remember anything. Our government's almost gotten to that point now, but the aliens don't have to, to let you remember anything. Um, so when you do say thank you because it's a gift, it's not because your brain is so strong you overwhelmed the extraterrestrials. Yes, you did, God dang it. No, that's not what happened. What happened was is they saw something. You did something while you were there that trip or something that let them see that you're interested. And that's why we learned that trigger memories are cover memories were trigger memories and not cover memories. So real quick, because um, people ask me to talk about this all the time, a cover memory was in the old days was, you know, I saw like deer standing in the road. It was just very quietness. And there was this big 16 point just standing there like, hey, what you doing? Or a big four foot owl or something on your window or just other weird things or seeing a UFO, a spaceship of some sort. So we always thought that these were cover memories. You know, they, they were using these to cover memories up and hide things that may have just happened to you, but it's not what it was. Because once I realized that they didn't have to leave any memory, they could just wipe it out, I had to stop and think, well, what are these memories for? These were, aha, these were waking memories. These were memories left behind for you to go, oh shit, what just happened? Really, what just happened? Oh my God, did, did something just happen to me? Was I just taken? What? And then your brain starts working. And as it works, it starts to remember more and more and more and more. And if you don't flip out totally, uh, they will leave, usually, next time you get taken, they'll even usually let you remember more. Remember, they're disclosing to everybody they can. They, they, don't, they don't need to disclose to Joe Schmo out there because it doesn't make a di difference. They're cannon fodder. But the abductees and contactees are not. How many ever there are, and which is a big argument in today's group, how many exactly? Oh, Jack, it, it, it's a hard number is all I can tell you. If you do the, the 10 to 15%, which is what most abduct, abduction research figures are being taken, 10 to 15%, that's like 1.6 billion people. Yes, it's a lot.
And when you when you say it that way, you're like, holy crap. Well, first off, they're not all being taken at the same time. Some of them are not even in the program anymore because they're not they're not useful anymore. And you don't know at what points in their lives they're being taken, not being taken, what's going on, but a lot of them are being taken at the same time. And you do see lots of proof of mass abductions, places like Pensacola, Florida, places in California, places in Washington State. No, there's a few places on the East Coast as too. Well, because I don't make them public because to me that it's still considered abduction criteria. The only one I've ever, the only one I've ever made personally made public is Golf Breeze, and that's because it was already public. Mm-hmm. Golf Breeze, a lot of people get taken in a lot of time. I mean, that we've personally witnessed groups of people being taken. But if it, it, I mean, a lot of people. So what happens is they come down on vacation, they check into their hotel. On a Monday, the following Monday when they're leaving, as far as they're concerned, they had a great vacation. No one's even seen them for seven days. There's no charges on their credit cards, no mileage on their vehicles, no gas out of the car, no food, nothing. So for seven days, they, they didn't exist, basically. They didn't spend any money at all. You don't, you're not going on vacation in Gulf Breeze, Florida, not spend money. It's impossible. Not unless you're not there. It's, it's impossible. Trust me. It's a, just, just, you got to eat. You know, for eight days, you got to eat. Even if you brought food with you, you're going to probably need something along the way. You're going to spend something. But even if you brought with you, so the refrigerators would have just been full. They wouldn't have been empty. So it wouldn't have mattered. There still would have been nothing moved, nothing. And then you've got the maid services telling you no one's been in the room for the week. Nothing, no bed's been wrinkled, nothing. They'll tell you. They didn't have to do anything at all. Yeah, we ask all that stuff. What are you talking about? How are you going to do an investigation without asking those questions? Hmm. It happens all the time down there. Well, there was a um, an abduction case. So there's quite a few witnesses to this for some reason. It looked like... It looked like a, only way I can describe it, it looked like a cruise liner on the beach, like it had run aground. And it was just sitting there, but yet people were walking up to it by the droves. They were, they were streaming out of these, like these 10 big hotels right there. I mean, it looked like something out of a sci-fi movie. I mean, it just streaming out to the, the thing and getting on board. I'm telling you, it looked like something out of a sci-fi movie. I guess I guess it was too many to just beam out or something. I don't, I don't know because we know the Greys possess that kind of technology. That's what it looked like. Do you mean everybody got taken? Hey, Z, son. Draw a gun. No. Um, well, because you don't know. I mean, no, nobody was there. So you get the reports. You take the reports. So what you do is you take the reports, and you've got people from different sides of the, the beach. Uh Actually, I did, Christy. So you see this from different sides of the beach. So, uh, to make this long, to, to help out with the story. So what happened was we were walking on the beach one night and we were under doing an investigation. We were in uh, Navarre Beach, Florida is actually where we were, not Gulf Breeze. And they get these big sand dunes out there. And we were about 150 yards from Eglin Air Force Base. We used to like to get close to Eglin because we, we caught a couple of really nice, I showed these on the show a couple of weeks back, some really nice saucers coming in and landing there. So really good, good video of them. But anyway, we're just talking. We're not, we're not doing anything. So we come walking around this sand dune and you look up and you see this like wedge. It looks like a freaking ocean liner is sitting on the beach pointing towards the uh, base. And you see all these weird light, like uh, square windows, like you'd see on a ship. It was really strange. 
and then and then all of a sudden you started noticing uh, lights in different places, and there were hatches and doors and things opened all over the place. <laughs> And there were people just streaming. There was ten hotels. I'm telling you, it was they were streaming out of every hotel. It was it was amazing how many people came out of there. And what got me, it was no doubt that whatever was going on or whoever this was knew we were there. So on at least so there was witnesses with us at night, but there's been other times we've been down there where we've had multiple witnesses, like fifteen or sixteen at a time. Because if people are abductees or contactees. And you got them with you, they're going to let them see it because it's it's not a thing like to a non-abductee. It's, it's it's not the same thing. So anytime you travel in groups like that, that's why we, we bring them with us because then you have witnesses with you because you know they'll be allowed to see it or they'll be taken and you'll get to see that. <laughs> anyway it goes, it's going to come out, you know, in a, in, a, in a better situation. But in this case, we just came walking around. And I mean, it was so crazy. We watched it several hours passed. Um, there was missing time involved, but as much as I could tell, no, we hadn't been taken. It was just like, sometimes when you get too close to the craft, it's like they're, they're out of sync or out of phase or something. Uh, maybe it's their engines or their drive systems or something they use, but uh, it does seem to screw around with time. Hmm. It was big. I was, um, I would say the size of it, like an ocean liner. It was big. It didn't. It only looked like that in the front. When you started looking down the sides and all, it looked completely different. But right there, it, it looked like that. It did. It was, it was freaky, scary, kind of strange. Could I swear it was aliens? Actually, no, I couldn't because I didn't actually see an alien that night. So I remember seeing people looking out of the, the uh, windows on the top of the tower, whatever that was, down at us. But I couldn't tell you what they were. No, because they were pointing. You could see them pretty clear, but I, I couldn't tell you that they were aliens. I wish I could, uh, but I couldn't. But whatever this was, was too big to be ours. I mean, mm -mm. you can, no, 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 no. A lot of ocean liners are bigger than our aircraft carriers are. Oh, yeah. This was, and this was, whatever this was, was pretty big. It's probably about the size of two or three aircraft carriers. It was, it was big, big. Uh, and it was just sitting on Anna Beach. I would I would imagine it used some kind of field uh, just to mess with everybody in the area. Maybe a stasis field or something. I, I I don't know. Whatever it was wasn't phasing us. I mean, and we just came walking up on it. It was almost like we were meant to see it. It was it was just the way we came up on it was freaky. Uh, I mean, it's just you know you're minding your own business. And uh, poof, there it is. No, it's not that I didn't smoke weed. I just wasn't at the time. <laughs> I'm just being honest. No, I couldn't tell you. I can tell you, it freaked me out. I can tell you, it was really weird. And we stood there and watched it for quite some time. We've seen other things down in Gulf Breeze. We've gotten lots of footage of stuff in Gulf Breeze. Uh, it was a hot spot for a really, 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 really long time. It seemed like after Katrina... It kind of moved to a different place. Yeah, we got an idea where that is too, but still. Um, no, maybe maybe all the underground facilities got swamped. I have no idea. It's, it's The base is huge. It's 884 square miles. And I think there was like 48 different runways on it. Where we used to go was Navarre, 
right where Eglin Air Force Base. So Eglin touched Navarre Beach, Florida, and Destin, Florida. So on each side, you could go to each side of the gates. On the Navarre side, there was no gates. There was just a fence. And if you wanted to, you could just walk right around the fence and walk right down the beach. Yeah. And the weird part is about 200 yards down the beach, on that side was a nudist beach. It was a military nudist beach, but it's still a, a, a beach. Yeah, it's the things you learn when you're out doing investigations that have nothing to do with investigations, I swear. <laughs> I swear. Yeah. So you learn a lot about this, but the government doesn't seem to be interested in any of this. No, they don't. They don't. I don't think they want to know. I don't think these people really want to know that they could be in sleep at a hotel in any major resort in this country or in the world for that matter and being taken. I, I don't think they want to know that. And the thing of it is, not only were they being taken, but no one could stop it. And then you hear this guy crash on a thing. Telling them, oh, yeah, they're falling out the damn hole, crashing. But yet here they are landed on a beach, taking thousands of people without even effort. I guess it's who do you believe? I guess that's what it comes down to because uh, really and truly, most of what I heard come out of his mouth was bullshit. And then, but you know, the, the, oh, I don't have the video. Y'all lucky I don't have a video with me. The little kid, bullshit, 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 because that's what it was. Um, well, because you have the pilots. The pilots present a much different thing. Uh, it's there, it's gone, it's gone, it's there, it's there, it's gone. There's no way. And he said, no missile. Bull or anything we have this we could we we could ever catch one of them he said even if they were at a dead stop and we launched he said they could have been 50 feet from us at a dead stop it still wouldn't have caught them and remember a lot of we you know what do you mean when i go back i've been back oh yeah i've been down there more times than i want to count uh, usually the crazy woman's with me um it's 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 weird with the things you can run into in different places. It, it can be scary how you deal with some stuff. I'm a big guy. I'm 250 pounds. It's not like I'm a little guy. Well trained in the military. It's just it's 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 outside of the norm is what it is. So when you first realize this is going on in your life, you have to start learning how to. It's 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 almost like being gay and coming out the closet because. It's it's just wham. First off, you it, it, you drop it on everybody like a ton of bricks, and they're just kind of looking at you like, uh, okay, uh, I think they would rather you be gay. Um, it's just a lot to cope with and a lot to deal with. And then if your spouse isn't an abductee or contactee, you have to deal with that. And then you got to look at your kids who you know damn good and well are being taken because you're being taken. And you're supposed to just sit there and say, okay, well, my kids are being taken and not be able to tell your spouse because he or she doesn't think it's real. How do you deal with that? How do you cope with that? How do you protect your children? How do you make them understand what's going on in life when your other half is every time shooting it down? And then here's a the government basically doing the same thing. Why don't they want to know? Why it, it doesn't have to be public and all be behind closed doors. You can go right behind those doors and close them and say, hey, this is what's going on and, and tell them. I got to be honest with you. I would think about 80% of the people in Congress, both the House and the Senate that heard this up close, that really from somebody that knew what the hell they were talking about, would flip out. Well, what are they going to do about it? Now, now they know the truth. 
But what are they going to do about it? What are they going to go tell the Pentagon to go stop it? Pentagon can't stop it. You Russia, China, and America combined can't stop it. That's why we don't try. Why lose people when you know you don't have a chance of stopping it? But yet here is people. And I hear these stories all the time. Oh, yeah, we shot down some Dulcie. We shot some down here. We shot down. So, you know, we have shot down so many UFOs now. Again, like I said earlier, there should be like little donut shops made out of UFOs all over the United States. And let's not forget about the rest of the world. Why is this happening everywhere else? I mean, is there literally like 10,000 UFOs just laying around the planet with advanced technologies in them? Do y'all really believe that, people? I mean, I know I have a big audience, and do y'all really, really believe that? Hmm. Rush Limbaugh wished he was as cute as I am. What the hell are you talking about? Get the hell out of here with that. <laughs> that, got, that ain't got nothing to do with the time. What do you mean, was he abducted? He, Rush might have been. He, he might have been. You never know. Uh, Janina, and no, yes, if you have green eyes, the chance that you're an abductee goes up like 90%. It doesn't mean you're 100%, but it goes up like 90%. Uh, if you've always negative and green eyes, it's like 98.85% you're, you're one of them. Well, it's probably because wherever this happened was, and I guess um, I, I guess if you trace the lineage back of of green eyes, we know that's in the uh, where, let's see, Scotland, Ireland, Wales, places like that. Uh, and then where's the concentrations of RH negative? The highest is where you got to look next, which uh, uh, O, the concentration of O, both negative and positive, the highest concentrations in South America and Central America. It's like 99%, which bothers me because we know the Spanish conquistadors came over and bred with the local population. So if that wouldn't have happened, it would have been 100%. And so what happened? Did a group of people from one big family move down, came across the land bridge, moved down to the, the Mesoamerica place and founded it, and they all got O, o negative, I mean, O blood. It's not negative, it's negative and positive. It's weird. You can go see it. It's on the ICOR website. The maps are posted there. Oh, they're not done by me. These are all done by serious hemological researchers. Yes, these are, these are serious people. Well, I don't have those kind of skills. Actually, when I the first time I contacted this guy, uh, he told me no, he didn't want to have anything to do with this, and he didn't want to talk to me, and I could not use his maps. Second time I contacted this guy, he said, "Please stop contacting me, and you cannot use my maps." Third time I contacted, him, he said, "You keep bothering me, I'm, I'm gonna get a restraining order on you." Fourth time I contacted, him, he said, "What the f do you want these for?" It's exactly what I said, and I told him. And then I told him a bunch of other stuff. And he's like, well, this has got some really weird coincidence. And then I went through, said, I'm just trying to find out why these people with this type of blood seem to be having these kind of events and why these mutations happen. He got interested after that, not so much because it was alien, but but because it was having a, re, a reaction on people, or, you know, different groups of people were acting differently. He found it very fascinating. So he started letting me use his stuff. And then he brought two more hemological researchers on board. Probably largest study of its kind ever done. I don't use his name because he asked me not to. It's on the site, but I, I, he asked me not to use it in public. Well, because, you know, he's a pretty famous guy who does this, and I don't think he wants to be associated with, oh, my God, it's, it's an alien abductee. I just thanked him for doing it, helping out. That was really nice. He didn't have to, and I really appreciated that he did. Crystal, um... What do, you, what do you mean? What is it to be an abductee? Being a, 
Jesus, that's a question and a half, my friend. Um, really and truly, it's to it's to know exhilaration and fear all in the same breath, because for a lot of people, this is this is horrifying. They have these feelings and these dreams, and they can't understand where they're coming from. They don't know why they're scared and why sometimes when women go see a gynecologist and they tired and disturbed, she flips out. Um, shit. Mike, if I had a dollar every time a woman told me that, I could freaking be retired a decade ago, maybe two. It's one of those things. I mean, you know, it's an experiment that happens. A big red tall guy does it. The redheaded talk, not the big red guy, but the redheaded guy. It's... um. There's a lot of this stuff that goes on, and there's a lot of other types of experiments that go on, both men and women. Um, I remember, uh, so I met this guy a couple of years ago. He was, he was, you know, for a long time, guys would not come forward with their abduction. So it always looked like it was like 80% women and 20% guys. But now we know it's not really true. It's, it's, it's about, it's about 60, 40 women versus men. Uh, so that, that was kind of nice to find out. So anyway, I'm talking to this guy and he's going through the whole thing that happens to him experiment. So, um, okay. If you have any children around right now, you might want to send them away. There's a little graphic <clears throat> and it's, it's not for anyone under the age of like 21 at least. So anyway, this, this guy, he's describing one of the things that happened. So he's, and this is weird because I've heard this description on something else that had to do with sex with reptilians, but anything, one, one thing at a time. So he's on the table and they use these, I don't know how to describe them. They're like these things that grow up out of the floor and they, they kind of fit around your body and all. And they, from what they understand, they're even heated and adjust to the human body temperature. But so anyway, he's being held there. They put this needle in his penis and gives him an erection. And then they take this tube and they go down in through it and remove not just semen, but other things besides that. He said it, it, it was it was the most painful and pleasurable thing he ever felt in his entire life. And it still freaks him out to even talk about it today. I was like, well, in a way I was kind of like, I did not need to know that. <laughs> Sometimes you don't need to know things, but you really do. So later on, um, the, the, when you hear him talking about the reptilian females, they actually have something similar to that, that they do to guys. So it's, um, it's just weird when you hear some of the things, because, you know, we always heard all these horrible experiments going on, on women forever. Um, so, you know, for a long time, it was always, you know, this happened to this woman, that happened to that woman, all kind of horrible experiments, all kind of breeding experience, you name it, all kind of other kind of experience, putting things where they shouldn't be, all sorts of stuff. And then all of a sudden, you start hearing it from guys. But I did find interesting is both the mental experiments, they do them both men and women. They do them differently, but they do them both on men and women. Well, because they, they, from age like 15, I'm sorry, from age probably 12 for most people, um, to age 27, 28 is when they do most of the stuff I would consider to be, you know, not, not fun, kind of horrible. A lot of the breed experience, a lot of other stuff goes on. It's a lot of times when they take eggs and put them back and remove them. Uh, sometimes they have you working with different children that are probably yours that they haven't told you are yours yet, but eventually they'll find out sometime because you, you, they, you develop such a telepathic ability on board the ships that you probably recognize it right off the bat. But still, regardless, 
uh, they have you doing a lot of this different kind of stuff when you're on board your ships. And it's just, you know, and the, the weird part is all those experiments and some of them, re, re, they may remove body parts and put them on uh, while you're watching uh, because they want to test your, your physical, your mental abilities. Um, they want to test you in a lot of ways. And I don't know why. And, um, but those contactees that make it through it, they keep. Like I said earlier, you know, you can't make it an abduction stop, but they can. And they do a lot. I would say more than half the people that have been taken, probably more than that, probably about 60% of the people who have been taken are not being abducted anymore because they're not, they're not part of the program anymore. They're not needed. Whatever it is that the aliens are doing, they don't have. But don't forget, if they have children or grandchildren or great children, they're still going to be taking them until they get tossed from the program. Well, because they don't need everything. They don't need you. It's it's not, I don't think it's as much physical as it is mental is what they're looking for. It's, um, I think they're really wanting to see our mental abilities develop at a much broader base than they are now. Think of it this way. We know there's impasse and telepaths on the planet. Uh, we know that the, the government used to use remote viewers, but got rid of them because telepaths are much better at it than remote viewers are. Um, and they're actively seeking, looking for telepaths. We also know that, I know people get mad about this too. Uh, everybody can do it. No, everybody can't do it. Uh, I would say it's the same percentage of contactees that have the ability. I would say 15% of the population have those abilities, which is the same percentage of abductees and contactees. And to be honest with you, we don't even consider someone to be an abductee or contactee if they're not at least empathic. Uh, <clears throat> we're positive that the aliens is one of the things the aliens deal with. You know, so and remember, they started abducting people a long time ago. Uh, they probably tested all these people to see who was going to have the best, and and just went from there, and let it move forward. But think about it: nobody really controls. Nobody has telekinesis on our planet. People get mad at me for saying that. Oh, I say they do. No, really, wouldn't why? Why didn't if Trump would have had telekinesis? If he'd had anybody with telekinesis, Putin and Xi Jinping, and uh, what's his face in North Korea would all be dead. Oh yeah. They would all die from aneurysms in the brain, nice, clean, or, or from a heart attack or something. Yeah, see, because telekinesis, that's what it is. People always think telekinesis, oh, throw stuff across the room, break stuff. No. For a military, it is a simple fact that they can reach across a continent, reach into someone's head and squeeze their right artery in their brain closed, and they die. Buff. No need to start a war because it was natural causes. Yeah, and since nobody really has that ability yet. They only had the ability, to, I mean, nobody's been able to collect a million dollars off of Randy's by bending a spoon in front of him. I, we have a lot of gifts, just telekinesis, thank God is not one. I, and as a planet, I do not think we're, we're even ready for telekinesis. Oh, I think we'll eventually evolve it. Oh, no, I think we'll eventually evolve it, but not right now. Have I ever witnessed, I have witnessed what I would consider telekinesis, but it was, it was out of sheer anger and sheer fear. And I think it was just over, it overwhelmed. A person couldn't reproduce it. So, but it was real. What do you mean, boo? What more is it to, to what people to contact these? There's always something to learn because the aliens are running multiple agendas and, and we may know, out of the few hundred agendas they're probably running, we probably have an idea with three or four or five, ten of them are. Uh, there's a lot of them we just don't know. There's a lot of them we just are beyond us in understanding. We just 
we haven't developed far enough to understand some of the stuff they're doing or some of the ways they're going about enhancing our societies. It's just, you know, we're, it's, it would be like trying to get your dog to understand how the food got into the can. Oh, he'll get the food out of the can, mind you, no problem at all, because he's smart enough to do that. But you know, can he put the food back in the can and put the lid on it? That's a little tougher. So there's just lots of things. There's lots of things to learn. And I, I got to be honest with you. Anytime I sit and speak with a legitimate contactee, not a crazy person, but a legitimate contactee, I usually learn something. Um, it's one of the reasons I know as much as about it as I do. And what do you mean, expert? <laughs> We're not going there tonight. No, technically, yes, but I don't ever feel that way because there's no course on this. No, I should give a course on this. <laughs> That's evil, man. That's just evil. Uh, Christy could give a course on this. You know, we, we, we work with a lot of really good contactees. And what's weird for me is there's a lot of these people you wouldn't really believe who they are. Um, everybody always wants to think abductees or contactees are just, you know, low, low rent, low income, low educated people, but that's not even close to true. The majority of contactees I meet, their IQs are above normal. They're usually very fast and, and very good at abstract thought. That mean they're successful because success takes more than just that, but it means that they are what they're supposed to be. Well, Johnny, being successful on earth is a little different than being successful in the, in the known universe. I mean, you may have all the knowledge to do everything you need, but do you have the personality to carry it out? Are you that, that person that can walk up to anybody and sell them holy water when you're standing in the Vatican? Because that's really what you got to be. So even though IQs are great things and learning, learning quotas are great things as well, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be successful or wealthy. I know lots of people with way high IQs. I got a way high one myself. I'm not rich and stinking wealthy. I understand a lot of things and, and I see the world differently than a lot of people do. I like it that way. Yeah. Um, I was tested a couple of times. I was, um, the year before I went in the Navy, I had just taken ASVAB and I, I shot it off the chart. So they asked me if I would, if I'd be willing to take IQ test, and I said yes. And then two years later, I was at EJ, uh, getting ready to join the Navy, actually. And uh, Minsa uh, gave me a, a what they call a charter test. I blew it off the charts because that kind of stuff is easy. See, some things are really easy to me. Stuff like that is really easy. So sometimes I'll be sitting and talking with Lyndon, and we'll look at the world. And I can't tell you how many times we said, "Well, you know, this, this, or this could solve these problems, or, or would fix this, or fix that." And 10 years later, somebody does it. It's just irritating is what it is. It is. It's just irritating. No, it doesn't make me smarter than anybody else. Just sometimes I see just sometimes to me in Linda, some things are obvious and to some people they're just not. And uh, it's just the way the universe is sometimes. Really, there's a lot of shit to me when I'm looking around the world going, really, you, you can't really see this? Really, how stupid can you be? It's like watching Israel and the Ukraine. I'm thinking, and, and what good is coming out of this for anybody? Ukrainian people who are caught in between the Russians, and even the Russian people are caught in between two big idiots, just people dying all over the place. And now we have Israel and Hamas fighting, and the Pakistanis are getting killed. 
And like the Pakistanis even give a shit. You know what, Janat? That would be cool because somewhere in the Middle East, there was a, um, oh, this is like, uh, had to be sometime during the Crusades, but anyway, there's a, an Arab town been under siege for three years uh, by this invading army. And the army just could not get through the walls or the gates. As food was starting to run thin on both sides. You know, things were getting tight. And all of a sudden, a silver disc came up to the gate. It was hovering above the gate by about 50, 80 feet. And a blue bean came out of it and blew the living shit out of the gate. Okay, great story. Okay, that's the winner said it. But guess what? The losers also say the same story. So it's rare that the victors and the losers always agree on something. They agreed on this. Something. Don't know what it was because remember, there should have been nothing flying in the sky back then. Just flew up there. Sounds like some kind of laser beam. Boom, blows the damn thing up and the army goes invading. So first off, what craft was it and why did it take a side? I mean, the war had been going on for three years. Why did they pick that side? Uh, out of the blue for no reason that we can think of. These kind of things, when you when you look at these things, and there's lots of stuff. That's why I tell people to start in the past when they're looking at ufology. Because there's lots of UFOs flying around 1,500 years ago. To, man, when you go through like the dark ages, 500 years ago, oh my God, there's UFOs flying all over the damn place. And then artwork from starting from about 150 years ago, all the way back to at least 1,500 years, they're everywhere. There's UFOs everywhere. And then if you get into some of the, the more ancient hieroglyphs and stuff like that, you find UFOs all over the place. Oh, spacecraft, I guess, would be better because they're not really under, they're not really unidentified flying objects. It's just some type of spacecraft. Well, there's hieroglyphs in, in Egypt that show a lot of things that shouldn't be there, period. Uh, what looks to be a helicopter, what looks to be a plane, what looks to be a flying saucer, what looks to be an electric bulb, what looks to be cable. I mean, there's just stuff that... that and then some guy tried to debunk it, uh, some guy from uh, the Egyptian museum. And all he did was help prove it was authentic. Again, I mean, here we are as a society, there's 8 billion of us now, 8 billion of us. And we're growing out of control. And pretty soon, I mean, recently they said they probably have a drug that's going to cure cancer and another drug that's going to stop aging. We're going to become immortal. Immortal and cancer-free. Shit. There'd be 20 billion people here. Elon, Elon, Elon. We got to go to Mars, people. We got to go to Venus. We got to get the hell off this rock. We got to get Well, we found other planets now. We found other planets that look like they can take human-type life. So the, the psychic spans. It's on now. A thousand years from now, we'll have four or five colonies off-world. Less than 100, we'll have at least two. If Elon has his has his way, in less than 20, we'll have a million people living on Mars with regular flights back and forth. Well, you know, people say, why do we go to Mars? What are we going to get out of Mars? Well, Mars got a lot of minerals Earth needs, but more so than that, the asteroid belt, which is right there by Mars, so we could go to the asteroid belt, either mine it in the asteroid field or bring it to Mars because the gravity is so low, and mine it there, and then bundle up and ship it back to Earth so there'd be no pollution coming to Earth at all. And actual pollution will actually help Mars because the more it denses the atmosphere, the, the lower the pressure becomes. So you can actually, when the pressure reaches a certain point, you won't need a suit anymore. You'll still have to breathe uh, through a mask, but you won't have to wear a suit anymore because the pressure will be better. Yeah, they actually thought at one time about sending these 
big rock eaters to Mars. So just what they do is they eat rock and they burn the dirt and the dirt throws carbon into the atmosphere. And the carbon raises the overall pressure, thickens the atmosphere, warms the planet. Yeah, it makes it warmer and makes it thicker. Still no way you could breathe it yet, though. But well, one problem at a time. <laughs> well, no, plants like carbon. So, I mean, it's not like, mm, we'll see where it goes. I said 30 years ago, I thought they'd find life in Mars and water. They, I said I thought they'd find water all over our solar system and life, too. So they have found water on both the Mars and the moon. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're going to find life on eight or nine, at least 10 different bodies in our solar system. And I said that three decades ago. So I get to say it. I told you so. Because first off, on Mars, you have ice caps that recede. So they melt and recede in the summertime. And then it snows and they come back. Well, when that happens, you see this bloom of what this black shit is. It looks probably as some type of plant or algae of some type. And if that's there, you can bet there's some type of fungus or little animal or something eating on it. Well, they don't need the kind of oxygen we need. And Mars still does have oxygen on it. And I imagine there's, there's pockets of places on Mars where if there's life. Because remember, we have found large amounts of both methane and oxygen in the atmosphere in plumes, meaning they leaked out from somewhere. Yeah, it would suggest underground somewhere you have things living and dying. Yeah, both of those are made by life, both oxygen and methane. Yeah, sorry, guys. So it does look like there is life there. And I get to say, nah, 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 nah. <sighs> Yes, I do have a degree, but it doesn't matter. I mean, this is basic science. I mean, you, they should have known this. It shouldn't have been that complicated. It should have been uh, something that really and truly it shouldn't have been that complicated. Well, the scientists are easing up now because they realize that sometimes common sense is enough. Um, you can prove it later because common sense says it's, this is what it's going to probably be. And later on, you can prove how this was. Uh, you know, who knows for sure. So, Jax, wh why do you think an alien would come here? I mean... Crossing dimensions or flying through space, both are really dangerous. Why would you come here? Humans are crazy. We have nuclear weapons. Now we're even building even bigger nuclear weapons. Donald Trump was president. We were trying to get away with nuclear weapons. Joe Biden gets president. We're building bigger ones. Oh, yeah, we got ones that can reach completely around the world now and basically devastate a quarter of a continent. What do we need that for? Who do you want to kill that bad? I don't, I don't understand. When you look at this planet from space, I don't understand why we're in such a big hurry to, to destroy it or even leave it for that matter. It's a great place to live. I mean, I, I just don't get it. Stop effing it up. Oh, don't get me started on, on global warming. Well, because when I was a kid in the 70s, they said the Ice Age was coming back. Now it's global warming. But people forget... Before you have an ice age, you have a warming stage. So they both might be right. <laughs> I know, isn't that a bitch? I think we're going to find a lot of stuff on the Arctic when it drops. And, and remember this before all y'all go panicking. This will not be the first time there has been no ice on planet Earth, and it's still here. And there was life all those times when there was no ice on here. There was life. Matter of fact, during the dinosaur era and a couple of the other eras, not only was there life, there was abundance of life. And because the atmosphere was so much thicker, the plant life was in mu it was much thicker. Yes. So don't you hear, oh, all the life's going to die. Well, why didn't it die when the dinosaurs were here? 
when the carbon was like five times as high as it is today. And that's another thing they don't want to tell you. There are times in our in our existence that what we're complaining about right now was found in a much larger abundance. And we know that because it's locked up into the water. On the, it's locked up in our oceans. Could have came from volcanoes. Could have came from a lot of things. But still, it was much higher than it is right now. So we're blowing alarm systems all over when there's been much worse. Worse things in a... Well... So if the planet becomes really lush, you just cut down the rainforests and turn them into... Um, what do you mean? No, you cut down the rainforests and you turn them into gardens. Yes, formerly. No, we'll still survive. Okay, um, I'd have to look for sure, but I think it's 80, 80 or 88% of the oxygen that comes from plankton. Yes, so it's the oceans you got to worry about killing, not the rainforests. I don't want to kill rainforests either, but the oceans what you got to worry about. <laughs> yeah, people get confused about that all the time. It's because we were raised. We were raised, oh, the rainforests produce all the oxygen. Well, they produce some oxygen, but not even close to all. You know, too, you don't really see, you don't really hear anymore. You did when I first got in the field. You used to hear a lot about um, South American UFOs uh, over certain places. You don't really hear that anymore. You do still hear about UFOs all over the place down there. Well, no, now you hear now you hear more around Mayans and Aztec. What, what, do, you, what do you got? You got Toltec temples, you got Aztec temples, you got Mayan temples, and you got Incan temples. You have four advanced civilizations down there, and, and apparently the aliens like them. And remember, they all worshipped the reptilian. They did not fear the reptilian. The reptilian was the bear of life. It was the humans that were evil. It's the ones that used to rip the hearts out of and Yeah, they were the evil ones. Well, we've talked about this before. Um, if you look at the ancient history until the time of Christ, reptilians ruled. Everybody liked them. They were better. Uh, they were, like I said, to bring our gifts, to bring our lives. Uh, it was just how it was. And then for some reason, after the time of Christ started, which was two or three hundred years after the, the turn of the, when it went to A.D., um, it changed. Reptilians became evil and no good. Because the Christians took over. It's written all over snakes, the serpent. And that story, by the way, that's not even the first time. So you've got the serpent story, which is a creation myth. It's not the first time it's written in history, in case y'all didn't know that. You can go, don't hate on me, Christians. I'm not the one who did it. The, the story is before Christ. And not just that. Noah's Ark is actually before Christ. Well, no, it happened before Christ anyway, but it wasn't written of it. It's talked about in other religions, meaning it was their thing, not a, you just take it for whatever you want to. I believe in God. Come here, Fiona. Come here, Lola. Well, that's dog, D O G. D O G spelled backwards, God. Mm -hmm. Well, we've talked about that. So, you know, a lot of people think, well, the aliens are God coming back. Well, maybe. And maybe God was an advanced extraterrestrial or the creator. I'd rather call it the creator. I don't know. I mean, none of us were here. Obviously, though, so six days for the creator must be like each day must be 100 million years. 
Well, if you're super omnipotent, time wouldn't pass for you the same way anyway. Yes. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. That's what I'm saying. It wouldn't pass the same way for you. Well, anyway, getting back to what we were talking about. Um, you go right back to it, and we've crisscrossed this several times tonight. Why is why isn't the government really interested in talking about alien abductions? Why don't they want to come up? I mean, there's lots of good alien abductees out there. There's a lot of crazies and a lot of frauds, but there's a lot of good ones. Why? And Stephen Greer believes in alien abduction, so why doesn't he want to talk to him? Why doesn't anybody want to talk to him? Now, I have talked to a couple of alien abductees myself and asked them if they would be interested in giving testimony to the government. And I got to be honest, most have said emphatically no, but there have been a few that have expressed interest in it. What do you mean what I've already talked to them? I spent three days on the polygraph with them. Yeah. I'm not at liberty to talk about it. I would have already done it. I'm sorry, guys. I would have. Mm-hmm. Like it was like 28 hours or 26 hours connected to a polygraph the entire time. I I submit. I I told them because of the nature of what we were talking about that I would prefer it was polygraphed, and they went right along with it. But you didn't see your crash guy doing that, did you? And see him submitting for no polygraph, huh? Or even Stephen Greer, for that matter. Well, that's the other thing. If we're going to have these conversations, and we're going to make sure somebody up there should be, you know, at least voice stressing them, saying, well, dude, uh, I mean, you worked for, I mean, he was a freaking spy. You never trust a spy, ever, ever, never, ever, never. Have y'all not watched TV? Lord have mercy, people. You never trust a spy. You never trust anybody who works for espionage ever. No. It's their job to fool you or to make you look like fools. I don't know. And, and, and to be honest with you, at this rate, I don't think they're going to find out. You mean people like me? I it's it's It's, I don't know. Oh, why would they call him? Richard Dolan is, is Richard Dolan wrote about people's books that they wrote. He's not no, he's not an abduction investigator and he's not really a UFO investigator. And he's a nice guy, he writes good, but I don't I don't, I don't I miss I'm Stephen Bissett. Stephen's great, but I, I but what the government's looking for, he's not really helping either. The government's looking to find that are the aliens here? Are there ways to access their technologies? What is their agendas? That's what the government's looking for. These guys don't have that information. Now they're both nice guys. I know both of them. No, I don't have anything against either one. I like them. But Steven actually helped me in the field when I first got into it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like that. Stanton might have, but Stanton's gone. Oh, you talking about Kathleen Walsh? Uh, I'm not even going to. We're just going to leave that alone. Nah, we're going to leave that alone. You know what? Go on the iCar site if you want to know what I think about Kathleen Walsh. Yes. Well, I don't, I don't think she's an abductee. I don't think her, her aunt, I don't think, I don't think Betty was an abductee. I think Barney was. I think Betty was just along for the ride, which happens sometimes. 
And the thing that happened in the United States was a military abduction. It was not an alien abduction. The alien abduction happened in Canada. Everybody gets mad about it, but the evidence is what the evidence says. Oh, no, you mean the book? They, they tried to change some stuff in the book. Thank God I had a lot of the original uh, hypnosis tapes and a lot of the original uh, 70s uh, the interviews that Betty and Barney Hill did. Yeah. Barney, there was some bullshit going on there. Because subtle things like Betty talks about a pull-down map and a paperback book. Well, they changed that to a, a monitor, like a monitor we use today. No. And e either way it goes, either one of those is not something you'd find on board an alien craft. No. Especially the grades. Everything's integrated into the walls. It's not even there until you think about it. Yeah, it's like it recycles whatever it needs to use. It's seriously advanced, whatever it is. It's nothing like we got anything like that. Or the other aliens, for that matter. Well... Yeah, we got time for a couple more questions. Uh, Jeffrey, my friend, you're just freako, aren't you? You're just a freako. Um, the grades, if, if I had to bet money, I would say the grades were sent here as like a galactic policeman. I think the light beans or the council or whatever the hell you want to call them sent them here because the humans came down here and had started creating a slave race and was mining and colonized the planet. And either the reptilians came here or woke up from wherever they were and found them. Well, I think it happened both ways. Actually, it sounds like partly they came from underground, but the Dogon talk about the Nemos who came here in a spacecraft, landed in a lake and then came walking out of the lake. They were reptilians. And then the Dogon got advanced knowledge about a lot of things. So you can take them kind of serious. Well, it just seems like the aliens have been messing with our cultures for a long time. It doesn't seem like they even slowed down until recent times. Uh, probably around the Inquisitions, probably when they really started slowing down. When people were being killed left and right for just saying they seen some weird thing in their backyard. Oh, it was a demon. Mary, you must die now. You must die. You're a witch. You must die. Oh, you must be put on the rack till you tell the truth. Well, you just told them the truth. So what the hell else are you going to tell them? Yeah, I think it slowed down a lot doing it. Or if it did, if it was still going on the same speed, nobody was saying anything. They just shut up. Well, because there's lots of stuff 6,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago that sound like extraterrestrials. You know, when you talk about gins and genies, they sound a lot like ETs. A lot of the stuff you hear coming out of the, the, the Irish, Scottish, Welsh lore sounds like ETs. Matter of fact, some of the little people sound just like Grays. Yes, we're going to give away 40 of these this Christmas, this December. Come in soon, 40 new lightsabers. Dun, 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 dun. See what happened when I got mad. You see Mr. Bob back there, what's left of him. Mm -hmm. I just skinned his ass alien and all. Yeah, he's a real alien. What are you talking about? Well, he was a real alien. You see his pupil still in there. You just can't see. If, you aren't, if you're watching me on Roku, you can see his pupil in there. Yeah, I left it in there just for y'all. Oh, thank you there, Dragon. Um, it's a little different for us. For me, it's it's um, iCar has 
uh, around 98,000 cases on file that we consider legitimate contacts. And we have a huge filing when it comes to uh, nobody has near the alien abductions contacts that we have. You could probably take all the researchers in the field combined. They would, wouldn't even make a third of what we've got on file. So it's a little bit different for us. We, we look at alien abduction and alien contact much differently than everybody else does because simply we just have more information about it. It's one of the reasons we, we established um, abduction criteria was to help balance out to see. Because, you know, a lot of contact, a lot of abductions are the same. Or have a lot of same things in them, I and a lot of them are way out and far out. So you have to figure out, you have to find out a way to figure out who's telling the truth and who wasn't telling the truth, without having to polygraph a voice stressor. Right? And you know, for me, it's a little different too. I mean, I have a degree in voice stress analysis, facial regulation, and body language. Uh, I used to hire and fire. I worked for a company. I was damn good to people. I caught some serious thieves over the years when I was working for them. But having that actually helps me in this field. Yes, think about that. How lucky was I to get that, you know, coming into this field? The voice dressing. I was taught by a state trooper. Yes, I'm damn good at that, too. I also can hypnotize you. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting for me is I can hypnotize you and set up the voice stress system while I have you under hypnosis to see what's the more stressful parts of your story. So I'll know what to, what to, to you know, either stay away from or ask more harder questions around. It's different for us. It's like I said, we're very advanced when it comes to this. Uh, this and, I, and I took a 10-year hiatus from uh, radio and TV to catch up like the blood type study all belongs to ICAR, a bunch of studies that belong to us. Uh, we, we were well, we're in this to find the truth. We weren't in this to get famous. That would have been the easy part. Uh, oh, yeah, well, I've been on Coast five times. I've been on Ancient Aliens a bunch of times. I've been all over the damn place, but it's regardless not what this was about. This was about getting to the truth. And we've got to a lot of truth. Granted, you uh, I mean, if I had to pick a, out of the 100% story, I'd say the average researcher has about 5%. I'd say ICAR has about 35%. Yeah, which doesn't sound like a lot, but considering what's going on in the field, it's a buttload of information. Well, that's why we got selected to give testimony. Mm -hmm. And remember... Three days polygraphed, didn't miss not even one, not one. So it tells you the information is pretty pure, doesn't it? I uh, know it doesn't. It? Yeah, it's scary. Um, there's just a lot of scary stuff. There's a lot of fun stuff. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in these contacts that I find just re interesting. I also find out, you know, stuff like when uh, the the way the reptilians approach the humans as as we're like part of their tribe. You know, all that stuff is interesting. Well, we ain't we get time to talk about it tonight because we're just about to run out of time. But no, y'all come out anytime. Well, I love you know the show's back going on a full time schedule again. It was off for a while because I was really busy with other stuff. And uh, but Michelle DeRoche runs the station now, so that freed up a lot of my evening times, and uh, it allowed me to get back to doing full time radio again. No, I never give up my research, and I have a bunch of people that work for me. I do. You, I have seven people who just look up conspiracy theories for me. That's all they do. Nothing else. Just conspiracy stuff. They find it out, and then we got 10 people that go, and if they can debunk the conspiracy stuff, then I get it. Yeah. Oh, man, this is this. You know, when I first got into this, this was a handful of us now. But the organization's well up around 85,000 members now. So um, we just got a lot of reaches, a lot of fingers in a lot of places. Oh, yeah. 
I am too, Chrissy. I've been me. I've been missing being on the radio. And you know, I had you know Chiris Malloy Brown with was with with us last week. She's a sweetheart. She's also a contactee abductee. Uh, she does a lot of her own stuff. Yeah, she's. I guess you could call her a witch, new age witch. She's uh, yeah, she's very, very, very gifted to talk to. Uh, we'll start bringing back not until after Christmas, but we'll start bringing back abductees uh, probably in January. I don't like bringing them in through the holidays because if it turns into one of those stories that's kind of rough, I don't want to take away from somebody's holiday mood because we got into some, you know, someone was hurt a certain way or something happened to someone a certain way. Don't forget, guys, we're going to be giving away lightsabers in Christmas. <laughs> we gave away Kyle Ren's lightsabers go for $999. We gave away three of them last year. We gave away Master Wandu. We gave away everybody. If they were part of the Star Wars Empire, I mean, had a decent role in it, we gave one of them away. But this, like this one, this is not a Star Wars. He's got a bunch of these that are, are non-Star Wars, and he may give away these, but he likes to give away the Star Wars ones. Uh, for every one he gave away with us last year, I think he sold seven. So he was a happy camper. Yeah. That's nah, fun, too. They're, they're fun. This has the um, the fighting tip. Because a guy goes, actually the girl goes, you look like you might be kind of rough. Let me put the fighting tip on because it was glass. And she was right. I would have already broke it like five times. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm glad I got it. Uh, no, we're going to get out of here. Uh, sometimes Jay McNichols is with us, and we're going to be bringing some other co-hosts. Any of y'all ever want to learn how to do a little co-host? And we're always looking. Um, well, the show's got a little different tone these days. So when we're doing research stuff, it might stick to just, you know, iCar members. But. Uh, right now, we're bringing on co-hosts because we want to talk. We want people to get a feel of this. And we want people to really understand that this is far more than anything else going on on our planet right now. Uh, even with all these freaking wars going on, this is far more involved than this. This is something that not only is going to make a difference to you and I, but our kids, our grandkids, our great-grandkids, and shit, probably 10 generations after that. Uh, Anyway, guys, thanks again. We thank everybody in chat and all the different chat rooms today. I'm glad to see y'all in here. Uh, Drag and Chrissy, glad to see y'all in the inside chats and Facebook and uh, YouTube. Guys and girls, y'all have a good night. Coming up next is the Outer Realm with Marcel DeRoche and Amelia Passando. Uh, watch out for their dangerous selves, and uh, they always have a good show. Until next week, and don't forget I'm waiting on the news. We do the news on Fridays. The news we do, guys, remember, we're not, um, we don't really have a political view. We're not Republicans or Democrats, so... I'm a centrist, which means that I can cause a lot of trouble. <laughs> on that note, good night. I'll see you all next week, everybody. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, I'll behave myself. It's, uh, I hate when I get crazy like that.